Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. We're having a lot of fun here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You know, I know that the guys on the LFB always kid me on the Pop Culture Cosmos, and they seem <laughs> to always give props to Melinda, but you know what? This is what we do here on a weekly basis. But if there was one property that you'd say in the past decade that could feel modern, that could resonate with an audience that's not Star Trek and Star Wars, because again, I, I, I don't think that's the best place to start now that I'm thinking about it, because that's just, there's just so much lore. If you want to dive deep into it, you, you're going to have to dive very deep. But, you know, baby steps. We talked about baby steps on the previous show. True. What would you go ahead and, and do as far as baby steps for someone getting into sci-fi? Well, I mean, there's there's always so it depends on what you're looking for from your sci-fi. So devotion, clarify, are you interested in like space cowboy chase down stuff? Are you interested in discovering stuff or are you interested in the interplay uh, between crew who are on a ship that's actually alive? Like where, where, where are you? Like, what do you think your sweet spot might be? What, what of those kind of interests you the most? Because that's blue magic question. Because Blue Magic suggested 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is one of the greatest all-time rated, highest rated science fiction movies of all time. But that was also made decades ago. And to someone that's, you know, an adult understanding the world that they do now, it may be hard for them to get involved with that first. I would want to say something that's modern, that clicks with them first. So that would get that individual to go ahead and say, you know what, I want to see what the history of sci-fi is all about. It, to me, it seems like, let's say you and I didn't have a, uh, a, a, you know, any type of affiliation or, or uh, you know, just a type of love for sci-fi, but we needed something modern to go ahead and click with us that we would go ahead and delve into sci-fi. Is there anything that you would choose that came out recently? I mean, you, uh, I, I, I can't say that it's in the last decade, and I'm, I'm sorry that my head is uh, a little bit um, kind of all over the place right now, but uh, Firefly is not a bad place. That's um, a good place to start, Firefly. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, a, this century, that's this century. Uh, it was created uh, in part by J.J. Abrams. Yep. Uh, it's a good series. It, it had, uh, you can watch the series or watch the movie Firefly which mm -hmm. has been a critically lauded hit for the past 20 years. That one still has a somewhat modern feel, has relatable characters, feels like a Western at times more than a, than an actual science fiction stars yeah. type feel has an outstanding villain. One of the best acted villains of all time. Mm. So yeah, that's an excellent, excellent suggestion there. I'd say Firefly is a good place to start the movie Firefly would be a good place to start. Although it does have some lore that you might want to have to tap into if you were in, if you'd watch the series, but even if you didn't watch the series, it's pretty easy to pick up in the first few minutes and then really get invested in throughout. Yeah, even if you go ahead and you watch like the 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 very first episode of of um Firefly and then you went and watched the movie, maybe that would give you a little bit more context. Um so you're not going in blind uh into the movie but i honestly i'm comfortable by suggesting that somebody go ahead and uh watch um 
the movie first. I'm okay with that. I can say that. Um, you know what? The Expanse, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. But that's know... a series. That's a series. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's six seasons, I think. Uh, you know, I, your predecessor would absolutely agree with you because that's one of his all-time favorite shows. Yeah, so. it was really good, really good. And I mean, the first couple of episodes, you're like, what the heck is happening? What is going mm-hmm. on? And it just continues to get better. So that's cool. Uh, Devotion had, you know, said Frankenstein is, you know, often considered uh, the first foray into sci-fi and a mm-hmm. horror uh, at any level. You could suggest that's a great start as well. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park deals and touches on sci-fi. It has elements of horror as well. So if you like those elements, that's obviously something. I've always I've always called Jurassic Park uh, an underrated slasher movie because of the way it just you know <laughs> picks off right. the the uh, heroes all you know one at a time. So you could even say that for that. But yeah, it is definitely it touches on science fiction because it touches on so much of that during the course of the film. But if you're talking about a starry science fiction thing from the past 23 years, I would say I, I would say Firefly is a good place to start. It's a good one. Um, and there's Battlestar Galactica. I didn't really spend a whole lot of time with that IP. And I've, I'm sorry the that i The new series I'm, or the old series? The, well, the new series. Uh, you know, I, I would start with the new one, really. I would just go ahead and, and start there. And then if, you know, you're interested enough, then you can go back and pick up the other stuff. Um, there and Gerald, I apologize. I can't remember the name of the series, but the ship is alive. It's a living organism. Um, there's a blue woman with a bald head who is so divine in the episode. She's so good. I've got to close my eyes so I can see it. Um, and yeah, they, oh oh, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I I just randomly found it one day. Are you talking about the movie? Uh, it was a show. Oh, okay, because I thought for a second the ship is alive, like Event Horizon or something like that. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It's I want to say it's a one-word title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, there's plenty of one-word um, things you could title it with. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Melinda Gerald, Devotion, uh, Tears of Joy is asking, do you prefer a series or a movie? I just prefer quality work. I'll I'll sit through a series, no problem, if it's really good and really well done. Movies, uh, I think a movie for me, probably, if I had to go and choose, because even some of the best series that I've ever seen sometimes has an episode that doesn't quite meet the standards. It's rare that I find a series that is actually continuously great for all of its episodes. Uh, The most recent one I found that had the kind of uh, the greatness attached to it in all of its episodes was Severance on Apple Plus. Right. I think that that's probably one of the most outstanding series I've seen in, in, in this century. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people, uh, liked uh, Andor, uh, Star yeah. Wars Andor. That, although I thought that had a couple of, uh, it was actually very outstanding for almost all but two episodes. So I, I, I could say that as well. But go ahead, Melinda. Uh, it's called Farscape. Oh, Farscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's 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 a little uh, like it's a little hokey. It's a little like low budget too. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was a syndicated series. Yeah. Um. But there's something about it that is um really endearing, and I've I really enjoyed it. Um. As the, I watched the series, and I just accidentally found it one day, and then. Mm-hmm. Like a week later, I had watched the whole thing. So, um, to me, that was a that was a good one. And there's, if you are into cosplay or you think you might get into cosplay, there's a lot of really good costume ideas in that show too. 
Oh, absolutely. So these are great suggestions. Hopefully uh, everyone out there will go ahead and maybe try them if you haven't already. But if you've got suggestions out there, you could always go ahead and hit us up, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, on what you would like for good sci-fi or what you would suggest for someone who has not ever delved really too much into the world of science fiction. So go ahead and let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Go ahead, Melinda. I was uh, you know, you want to say something. I know you want to say something. I know, I know sorry. Um, it's also, the Dune movie sorry. just what came out, it? and there's another one on the way really soon. So if you haven't watched Dune, yes. watch that. Absolutely. I do right? want to mention, yes, I agree with Melinda. If you've not read the book, yeah. the classic book that this came from, and you've ignored the over-the-top, terribly cheesy, but I do love Sting in the role, right. uh, <laughs> 1984 disaster and you've not watched the mini series that came out around 2000, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Dune part one or book one. It's a Dune book part one or something like that. It's Dune part one. It is available now on HBO or excuse me, it's available on the max channel yes. uh, right now. And it is outstanding. Uh, and we it gets, it gets you so excited for Dune part two, which is coming out on uh, the first week of November. Uh, early November. So I'm looking forward to seeing Dune Part 2 simply because Dune Part 1, which came out in 2021, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, is really good. So that's absolutely... If you want to see good sci-fi based off a property that's been out for decades, that was, was uh, one of those books-to-movie type deal, I would say Dune, Dune Part 1. Dune Part 1 is probably what I'd go with. That's an outstanding choice. Good, good. I can't believe we forgot that. I, yeah, I don't know how that happened. That was a pretty big mistake. We were on just our talking part. about it last week. It was almost a fatality is what that was. But, fatality. Um, right? So, Devotion, uh, if you do get to watch Dune, please let us know what you think. And if you are interested in getting into any books, please let me know because I have yeah. a very long list of those. It's, and it has a lot of relatable stars. Jason Momoa, yeah. Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Timothée Chalamet, Timothée Chalamet's hair. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's Timothée really... Chalamet's jawline. It's all there. No, it was the hair. The hair deserves <laughs> a, its own special spot on the Starry List. But it is it is truly an incredible movie. I think it actually was one of my picks for the – both you and I picked it for the best of 2021. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, if you want to read the, the books that it was based off of, because the Dune series, it leads uh, into a whole series as far as star science fiction and, and a whole thing and a whole universe that was created from Dune. But the main book of Dune uh, is just truly outstanding. So yeah, definitely give that a, give that a read. And then of course, see Dune part one, uh, the 2021 movie now that's available on the Max channel or basically wherever you get your DVDs and Blu-rays and things of that nature. So okay, yeah. one more one more thing because Devotion just answered and said I love a good book too. So um, I am going to suggest it may be a little more fantasy than sci-fi. I think it walks a very fine line, but go and get the first book of the Mistborn series, and if you dig it, read the rest of it because it's so good. It's really I'd probably great. say sci-fi. Sci-fi is our favorite genres. Uh, I love action adventure. Yeah. Uh, I think that's up there for me. But sci but you can float uh, action adventure in sci-fi. So I, I'd say yeah. sci-fi. That's mm -hmm. probably our our favorite genres, don't you think? Yeah, I love that. But I, you know, I I also do love swords and horses and dragons. And, yeah, that's true. And all of that, you know, I, Lord I of the Rings. Uh, Name two of my kids after Lord of the Rings movies. So. 
right? There it is. And which comes from the books. How so. is Sme- How is Smeagol these days? Uh, but you don't call my kids Smeagol. I did not name just my kids Smeagol. No. I'm just kidding. Mm-mm-mm. Check that birth certificate, lady. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So if you want to go ahead and get a chance devotion, go ahead and check out Dune. Uh, it is truly something that's worth uh, worth your while, especially how visual it is, how wonderfully visual that movie is from 2021. Dune Part 1, it's highly recommended by both of us. It was our best of the year 2021. And of course, it emanates from all the books that it emanates from, starting with the main book, Dune, that was created so long ago. So if you have any thoughts out there on the best of sci-fi, or what, if you had someone out there that's not familiar with sci-fi and they want to get into it and where would they start want to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos gerald did you get a tattoo well i have a tattoo and here's the story i bet uh if that if the lakers had won a game uh in the recent this week which they didn't i was going to go ahead and get a tattoo i still have i had a meeting earlier today with my tattoo artist and we are designing one now and i actually am going to go ahead and get a uh, a Lakers and an Avengers tattoo along with it. So that yes, a boy. Uh, yes, yeah. It's still in the design phase, but it will be done. Uh, I guess he told me that, that he's going to have it ready for us uh, here in a couple of weeks, and I'll, I'll uh, hopefully get it done in mid June. So yeah. And so, there's going to be. You like, don't have any tattoos, do you? That you actually visually show on screen? Who me? No, I don't have any. Yeah, no, no not I'm, at all. Not at all. Yes, I'm not absolutely. tattooed at all. Um, yes. but there is going to be like behind the scenes social media footage of this, right? I'll take some pictures. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I wanted to do something, and now before we get on to the next thing, as far as yeah. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I wanted to go ahead and get into you know, my love for the Lakers, but my love for pop culture. And instead of doing the, I may do the pop culture guy at some point in time down the the, the line. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I wanted to do like the Avengers because if you if you, you know the story that the Avengers cast outside of uh, Mark Ruffalo, who is allergic to needles, right. got yes. the A tattoo. If you mm-hmm. ask him to go ahead and show it to you, I think it's on their arm, like a really small Avengers A. And that's what I really want to do. So I want to get a small Avengers A, small Lakers, but also something here to remind me of my kids as well. So definitely. Oh, that's yes. lovely. But yeah, Tears of Joy is asking, Melinda has tattoo. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, you didn't see it on screen. Yeah, yeah on I've... her arm. Oh, wait, hang on. I, I, there that's you go. not a good angle of it. It's it's a weird one because my arms are weird, but it's a gargoyle holding a diamond with like cathedral kind of elements. It's okay. not does, my arm doesn't bend right. Does it also say in small writing, Robbie is a terrible human being? <laughs> never, never. Okay. This right. one though, this one was my very first. Okay. Trouble clef. For some reason, in radio stations, the microphones button is always on the left-hand side of the board. So that's why it's on my left arm. Anyway, it was just okay. a nerdy thing. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Melinda, uh, by the way, that Robbie is uh, Melinda's husband. And I know he's a great guy, and uh, I always kid her on the show on that. But yeah. Tears of Joy says you're super brave, Melinda, because, yes, tattoos hurt. They uh, do. Take one from has it. Yes, they yeah. do hurt. And yes. that one that you can see I uh, traveled to England to get. From a very wow, talented artist. Yeah, a very talented artist. Her name is Jenna Kerr, and she has a deadly Instagram if you want to go in and have a look at some of her work. She's incredible. Wow. I, do yeah. I feel small? I just went to downtown Las Vegas to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inadequate now. Yeah. Thank God I'm getting something to cover it up. That's all I'll say. So 
for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Got a lot more to talk about on today's show. Sony's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's coming out the week that this airs. Your thoughts on it? Because the first animated Spider-Man adventure from Sony, as far as won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, this is truly something as a follow-up that's highly anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is really something that a lot of people are looking forward to. I will. I'm, I just. I'll leave it at that. So, your thoughts on this, uh, Melinda? I think if they, if they, even if it's mostly a rinse and repeat of the first movie, it's going to do fine. <laughs> yeah, because it was really dang good. It was really, <laughs> really dang good. good the first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely enjoyed it. This one takes it all to another level. I like the fact that they're throwing in all the multiverse aspects of it because you know everything's now about a multiverse, and God forbid you would steer away from that. And now the fact that the MCU is delving and diving feet first into a multiverse concept, Sony. Uh, in its infinite wisdom is following along with that with like million other spider verses with spider-man all you know it somehow is relating to the story and, and all working together or not working together and uh you know miles morales I've, i love the fact that they're they're allowing this part of the spider-man universe with miles morales become the main protagonist and the the, the main hero per se and then the main individual behind this because he's doing such it you know it's just such a great job sony we criticize Sony for a lot of things, but I'll tell you what, the way that they've set up this, this part of the Sony Spider-Man universe has really been done very well. If they ended, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, really, that, that movie was very, very good. And, uh, you know, like I said, if it's just a if it's a re-up and just more of the same, I think that they're going to do just fine. Really. Oh, I think they would. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Uh, by the way, yes, I'm, I'm the one that designed the Pop Culture Cosmos logo, but uh, oh my gosh seven years ago roughly so yeah it just seemed like a long time ago i just uh thought it would be cute i, I got some references out there got some ideas i want a little spaceman got some references on there added a little bit of touches of my own and there you go pop culture cosmos logo indeed but uh, i will say though that i am looking forward to seeing spider-man into the spider-verse I want to ask you this before we go ahead and talk about some other things that are on the plate here in pop culture. When it comes to this movie, though, we talked about The Little Mermaid on the last show, and that's obviously going to hit, still be in theaters when this hits. You talk about Fast X, got off to okay start. It's not getting off to the same kind of start that that the previous Fast Furious movies do. But again, overseas, it's killing it. Right. As we talked about, because that this this movie like Transformers coming out later in June, these movies are more catered to an international audience than the domestic audience. Plus you have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 still roaming around there in theaters. Do you think this movie can strike the same kind of chord with audiences? I can't see why it it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know? uh... I don't know if it'll be as good, but like you said, if they follow the same formula and don't blow it, it can still be a darn good movie. Yeah, I mean, even even if it falls just a little bit short, it's still going to be a great movie. The the other one was that good. So, yeah. you know, it, it's just as long as they and this is going to sound silly, but as long as they don't get try to get too big for their britches. Do you know what I mean? It's taking that giant step forward when they really only needed to take a half a step. And we're right there with them. But a giant step forward, they may lose us. 
yeah that's that's kind of my thinking on it well, I'll tell you what, my friend, I am looking forward to it. Spider-Man mm-hmm. into the Spider-Verse. I'm really looking forward to it because I'm assuming that they're going to continue. If it even if it does, okay, I still think they have a future for this series. I don't think this is going to be the only one either because, you know, these companies, they just these studios, they just cannot uh, get their hands. Once they, st- once they start a successful series, it's, you know, it's whenever they end it seems to be the problem. So I have a feeling that this we're not going to see the last of this this especially after the success of the first one so i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to indeed so what are your thoughts out there on spider-man into the spider-verse that's spider-man into the spider-verse please let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com and you know i'm teasing you melinda because the the most thing that you want to talk about that's coming out the one of the earlier parts of june we're still not touching upon just yet (laughs) no i know (laughs) i'm going to go ahead and and hit up on uh, the revival of futurama Yes. So your thoughts on that? The we saw the trailer recently, yeah. And it's actually a, a, you a know, teaser. But when I ask you, I mean, this is the third or fourth time around for Futurama. I mean, how many times it is so beloved? It's such mm-hmm. a cold hit, but it's never resonated with a huge audience, which is the reason why it's been canceled, brought back, canceled, brought back. Yes, canceled, because my, brought back. my strongly worded emails keep working. Yes. But can it finally, instead of being canceled and brought back, be brought back and be watched continuously by a large audience? My goodness, I hope so. Uh, I think we deserve it. Uh, we, we deserve to see Bender and Fry and their hijinks and, and all of the different ways that Fry and uh, Leela just can't get their relationships right. And, you know, there there's many, many things I think still to explore in the Futurama universe. And, um, you know, every single time it comes back, it feels like an event. And uh, maybe that's part of its charm and also part of its uh, kind of cult-like following, maybe. Well, again, I, I mean, I, I've seen quite a few of the episodes. Not all of them, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. It does have that quick, sharp humor, the biting humor that yeah. seems to you know, get its audience that it does. And the thing, though, with it, I'm not sure it's, if it's going to you know, resonate with a larger audience. It is coming to Hulu. I, if I was Disney... And I knew that I was going to go ahead and have everything all in one app. I think, you know, and it's not going to come out until later this year for that all in one app experience. I would have held on to this and waited until later this year. And it really could have promoted that to the 150 Disney plus users, users, the 150 million plus users that Disney and Hulu will now have when they put these two things together. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that, but I think that uh, putting it on Hulu, I think it is the right um, place to put it, really. It feels correct. I don't think it would feel correct on a on a Disney platform yet. <laughs> Let us enjoy it non-Disney involved before we have to merge. It's, already, it's on Hulu, so it yeah, already no, is Disney. I know, but officially... They bought, they bought Futurama when they bought Fox. I have to go into the blue app instead of going into the green app. Come on. That's all I need. No, I, I think that um, Futurama, um, like you said, has that biting comedy. I think that uh, this show also has tremendous amounts of heart. Um, as we saw with the episode that features Fry's dog waiting outside of the pizzeria. 
uh, you know, that, that was a heartbreaking episode. That's probably a, an episode that the fans of Futurama reference the most when people are like, what's so great about Futurama? Just go and watch that episode about the dog and then we can have this conversation. I think that it's a it's an understood um pinnacle peak perhaps of uh you know what Futurama is capable of in terms of their storytelling I think that they do a very good job of that uh even their evil Santa robot is hysterical and uh <laughs> was quite fun to to watch and all of the stuff around mom and mother and her being the mom of all of the robots and and stuff like that I mean it's it's good stuff it's good writing and uh I'm always thrilled uh whenever it's announced that Futurama is coming back I'm always excited uh, speaking on that, Lift is asking, what's your favorite animated comedy? Is it The Simpsons, Futurama? Is it, uh, I don't know, is it uh, Family Guy? For me, it's something that unfortunately is already getting the X, uh, and I'm very sad to see, and that is Archer. Yeah, I Archer absolutely is love very Archer. good. Yeah. Archer is really underrated, funny. I don't know why it was just put on FXX. I really thought that it could have been a hit, a huge hit somewhere else. It did play, okay, 14 seasons. It's obviously a hit to an extent, but yeah. I really think that Archer in the right format could have, uh, on the right platform, could have been at the level of, you said there was South Park. The early years of South Park were tremendous. And now you see it, you know, 20 some odd years later. You yeah. see Simpsons now in his 30th season or whatnot. What is your favorite animated comedy? Ooh, that's tough uh, because there's so many that are so great um, and a lot of them for very different reasons. Um, I think I like Futurama a lot because I feel like the humor is smart. Um, and uh, like I said, you have, you have those big heart moments in the show as well. Um, oh my gosh, um, adult cartoons, adult cartoons. Um, I'm getting them confused with all the anime I've been watching lately. Um, but after that, I probably, oh God. Um, maybe <laughs> the Cleveland show, weirdly enough. I know that's not one that a lot of people talk about, but, uh, I really do. Uh, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, family guy and American dad. I used to watch religiously faithfully. I have box. I had DVD box sets, uh, back home in Nova Scotia. So, um, I still think it's so funny. Seth MacFarlane can create, uh, uh, that voice or create right. all those voices all of those voices yeah yeah um but uh no i i like those shows i think that there's a there's a time and a place for those shows um but uh there i expect a little bit more out of my humor these days than than i was expecting when i was watching family guy and american dad it just feels like easy humor with those ones i'm not saying that it's bad it's just uh i'm just looking for something with uh, that has a little bit more something to it substance Pizzazz. je yeah. ne sais quoi as i like yeah. to say the je ne sais quoi yes. special sauce the secret yes. sauce yes. yes uh blue magic says wow the cleveland show a classic i was not expecting that you know what i'm never expecting any of the things these days <laughs> that melinda says she always surprises me with something new just right out of the left field all the time yeah. that's why she's melinda barkhouse mm -hmm. ross yeah there you go indeed mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts out there on the return and a revival of Futurama? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Want to go ahead and hit you up with a couple more things before we get to you, what you really want to talk about. <laughs> it's fine. It's you, fine. You, you flashed a video at me, uh, Lords of the Fallen. Uh, great gameplay trailer that actually 
did show a lot of cutscenes, but it actually showed some actual gameplay. What do you know? A debut trailer that actually shows gameplay. Who could have thought? Yeah, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 1 didn't, that's for sure. But your thoughts on this when it comes to Lords of the Fallen, it looks like it's a pretty good. Anyway, although, I mean, I thought the previous entry was Lords of the Fallen, Lords of the Fallen. I mean, I don't know. I, I Again, whatever that they want to go ahead and call it, whatever they're bringing out is pretty darn good. Yeah, no, I um I'm I'm looking forward to this game actually. I hadn't heard of the previous um iteration. Like I said, not huge video. I know video games, but not I don't know video games, you know, yes, in the biblical in the biblical sense, I don't know them. Yes, but but um I am intrigued You've by this. me out for an hour for, <laughs> on my decisions on video games. So don't tell me you don't know video games. Stop That's baloney. I have not. I have not. Yes, um but <laughs> <laughs> there are almost two years of documented episodes <laughs> that would say otherwise. We'll do a super cut sometime. It'll be great. Oh my um, gosh. The editing of that would be yeah, Herculean yeah. effort. It would be, yeah. Yes. Um, but um, this looks like a video game that is right up my alley. It feels Assassin's Creed. It feels Diablo-esque. Um, it, Elden Ring was the name we mentioned. Of. Yeah, it feels Elden Ring. Uh, a lot of the um, Dark Soulsy ish. Yeah, it's it's kind of the grim dark uh, stuff. There maybe even a, a little feel of Warhammer 40k in there with uh, how mm -hmm. dark and, and heavy it uh, it seemed to be. But yeah, definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Uh, yeah, Dia looks... Diablo 4 may have a little bit of competition on my PlayStation. Uh, oh, oh, oh. what do you know oh, no. oh no indeed but when lords of the fall did it did it give you a release date uh, i believe it's the 24th of july just give me a quick second okay. and I which is summer I... summer games they don't bring out enough of them they space them out and i really think that uh it it'd be a to me, if you're a gamer, you know, you are clamoring for more during the summer because they don't bring a lot of things out in June, July, you know. And weirdly, gonna... that's when people have time to play video games, right? You would think, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk about one that's coming out here in June in a second. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that uh, Lords of the Fallen, I like what I see, and I think Melinda does as well. So, might be interested, you know, hit us up if you're interested as well. Lords of the Fallen, PopCultureCosmos, at Yahoo.com. Well, one last thing I want to touch on, and I'm very sad about it, is uh, recently at Cannes, the film festival, where all these great films are being showcased. Uh, they did honor Harrison Ford. You know, when they debuted Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, they, gave, they honored him with a standing ovation. I was told it was a lukewarm five-minute stand. I don't get the standing ovation stuff, and if you're you yeah. know, a five-minute standing ovation is bad compared to a ten-minute standing ovation. It can, you know, it just are we, people are timing this stuff. The fact that people are timing it, first off, I've got issues with. The fact <laughs> that they also go ahead and rate how well the standing ovation is is the second thing I got with it. They they honored Harrison Ford with the Palme d'Or, which is the greatest honor that the Cannes Film Festival 
gives out. They surprised him with it and got him to tears. And then the reviews came out for yeah. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And it is getting raked over the coals. Uh, it's gotten out right now as we speak. I don't know how when this airs it will be, but it, I have a feeling it's not going to change too much. It's Right now it's out at a 53 on Metacritic, which is... Oof pretty bad that's yeah. like fast x level right there for you so i ask you this doesn't bode very well for you know we were hoping that it would be good because you know if you go by the well it's well, the lakers fast break fans go with the anthony davis in the playoff format every other one is good number one indiana jones good number two indiana jones bad number three indiana jones good number four indiana jones bad Unfortunately, it looks like the streak is broken. Indiana Jones, number five, even though I'm going to still see it, does not look very good. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are still going to go see it, despite what these ratings are saying. Sometimes the critics get it wrong, and the fans are the ones who speak the loudest. So I always try to keep that in mind when I'm looking at uh, a movie movie reviews and, and stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what, though, I am uh, looking forward to it anyways. I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, anytime uh, Indiana Jones is there going ahead and blowing away some Nazis, uh, <laughs> you know, always a good time for me. Yeah, so. that's right. Exactly. So yeah. I, I'm hoping for good things. I'm hoping that the word of mouth will be a lot better than what the critics word is said, you know, and. Uh, I don't want to get into it like Josh Peterson, my my co-host, who's coming back in June on Pop Culture Cosmos, because yeah, don't get him started on critic culture, because he's been saying that for years. He does not like the way critics uh, approach these films. But, uh, you know, I just I don't know. I just I, I'm looking forward to seeing it anyways. So please let us know your thoughts. If you get a chance to see it later in June, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit up everything as far as what you want to talk about before we head on out. Endorphin is talking about Bob's Burgers. Yes. It's also good. Yes. So, yeah. Tina is, Tina, Tina could be my child. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you about that. I adore the show. I think the kids are hysterical. I love the crossovers that they've done with Art the Archer stuff. I, just brilliant. Fantastic writing. Great stuff. Just a, just a man who loves his family and is just trying his best. And what is there not to appreciate about a show like that? Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just very well done. I, we all like these long-running animated features as far as the series is concerned. Uh, South Park, again, I thought the early South Park really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. It was really good. I still think South Park, bigger, longer, uncut as a movie, is one of the best movie musicals I have ever seen. I right. know people just laugh at me and think, you know, they just think I'm stupid when I say that. But if you look at it as a quality, if you look at it from a, a perspective, a just a unbiased perspective and look at it as a structure of a movie musical, the, the actual, you know, it's, it's supposed to be funny, but these songs are seriously made. There's a lot of thought put into it. The, the actual plot, the actual whole nine yards. That is an outstanding movie musical that would ha that has held up and it would stand the test of time with any other movie musical, in my opinion. The series, again, when you're out that long, ups and downs, ups and downs. Uh, Endorphin says, uh, do you like Jackass? For some reason, the South Park thing reminded me of Jackass. Uh, Jackass, I mean, it depends on the gag. Uh, you know, I think it all depends on the gag. You know, which which 
jackass gag works and which jackass gag doesn't work. So, I mean, it's a lot of hits and a lot of misses with jackass. Sometimes it makes leaves you, uh, you know, tears in your eyes from you're laughing so hard at stupid things that they do. And sometimes you just go like, okay, that really didn't impress me much. But uh, I think with South Park, again, it's all over the place on South Park. But I will say, though, Melinda, it's been a great conversation on on so many great things out there in animated features and animated comedies. I mean, our our audience has been outstanding on that. And I truly Absolutely. appreciate all the, the They're the real heroes of the show today. Well done. But I, <laughs> yes, well done indeed. But I have delayed it far too long. Something out there that I'm going to tell you now, Melinda, if you've heard this show and continue to hear this show on either YouTube, Facebook, or if you actually heard it out on podcasts or on the 70 of what time, excuse me, now 30 radio stations that are out there that we go ahead and distribute to each and every week. You already know that Melinda has been waiting day in and day out with Diablo 4. When this actually airs to the radio stations and also on the audio podcast formats, Melinda will actually or be sitting down in front of a PlayStation and playing Diablo 4. Uh, by the way, Adorphin uh, loves your glasses, by the way. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yes. They're like, they've got x-ray vision and 3D vision all in one as well. <laughs> Just want to let you know. Yeah. The grocery store is tricky, but other than that, it's great. Okay. Fair enough. But <laughs> Diablo 4 is coming out and I leave, I left virtually 20 minutes for you to talk oh, about it. Man. And re- you know, just reap the praises in. I mean, you've got a chance, you you know, with the previous Diablos to really delve into the lore, into the universe. And then Diablo 4, you've had a chance to go ahead on not once, but twice over the course yeah. of two different weekends. Get into the stress test and play. Uh, I think it's just what? The first level, the first real level that they get into. Get you to level 20, progress you there, maybe 25 but they really can't it won't really let you go any farther from there because it's just again the first part of the story lifted yes melinda says she's not a a video game freak but the way this woman can talk video games she is a gamer indeed and yes as someone who has uh, owned games and you'll actually see it on the on the lakers fast break i will wear a pong shirt every now and then that'll (laughs) tell you my history goes way back to pong atari 2600 goes into Nintendo's ColecoVision. Uh, it went into uh, the year. I kind of like went out in the ni- late 90s and 2000s, kind of like came in and out, but got back into it with the original Xbox, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360, and then have gone from there. But obviously that Diablo 4 has come out with such uh, advanced word that it's really going to be good. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. think that they've done the smart thing with all these stress tests. Yeah, Something which other games should do and they don't uh you know I, there's going to be a big patch that they put in day one because they always do that now of these course, days. Yeah. so you know and there's going to be bugs that are here and there there was little bugs during the course of the stress test but for the most part it looked pretty good pretty solid the time i spent to it i enjoy it but for me it's a multiplayer game i'm not going to enjoy it to the fullest as just playing by myself you are different what are your hopes and thoughts on diablo 4 even though as you and I talk about this, you'll probably be listening to this while you're playing it the week this comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. So I will say that uh, the the bonus weekend that we had to do the server stress test, um, it gave me an opportunity to play the the final class that I didn't get a chance to play during that initial so weekend. So you played all the classes. Can I've you go run down classes. the classes? Okay, because you have a choice when you start the game to choose the class. Necromancer's one, Barbarian's one. Barbarian, Sorcerer, um, Druid, 
And there's another one that's standing between the druid and the sorcerer. And I can't remember. I'll, what I'll go ahead and bring it is. up. But yeah. But you get a choice of five. Yeah. I can't remember what the fifth one is. Okay. I'm going to be like, duh, as soon as I, you can say it. Well, I'm looking up right now for you. But again, yeah. tell me about uh, your thoughts on, on Diablo. Your, your, first off, which one did you like the most? And which one did you like the least? Well, the one that I liked... Uh, the most was the one that I expected to like the least. And that was the Druid. I was okay. genuinely surprised because it, it was sorcerer, the... barbarian, rogue, necromancer, and druid. Yeah, that's yes. the other one. Yes. Uh, the rogue, I, I did, I think I'd have to spend more time with the rogue, I think. I didn't quite master the what the rogue uh, can get up to and, and the different ways that you can kind of sneak around and stuff. I didn't really master that when I was playing it, but. Um, so that one probably is at the bottom of my pile right now in terms the first one I'm going to play when I get the game will be the Druid followed by the Sorcerer followed by the Barbarian. Um, the Necromancer was cool. I like that you get little pet skeletons that I'm sure evolve as the character grows um, and having them and, and being able to uh, resurrect uh, the things that you've just killed and have them fight with you and stuff. That, that was all amazing, but nothing that we didn't see in Diablo three either. Um, so, but I thought the Druid just brought something different and something a little, uh, kind of interesting to the game, being able to, to shapeshift into, uh, the bear and, and the wolf and, and stuff like that. So I tried uh, out the necromancer. I liked using, utilizing the necromancer. I thought yeah. it was fun how you could send the different corpses, you know, yeah. out at people and have a legion of corpses, not very strong to start off with, but as you get stronger, they get stronger too. Yeah, and I was um, I tried the sorcerer because I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from that one either, but I uh, actually had a lot of fun with that too. I had like a lightning fire combo thing happening with the spells that I could cast, and uh, it seemed to be working quite well. So, um, no, I just uh, asking me to choose a, a favorite class. I feel like is asking me to choose my favorite uh, <laughs> my favorite child. <laughs> Uh, and at least okay uh, to give everybody an idea as far as um the style of play i mean it's top down uh, you know it really is something yeah. as far as a fantasy adventure it, you know for those that are that go on the way back if you remember gauntlet this would be the spiritual mm. uh expansion of what gauntlet could be as far as if you'd imagine when you were playing Gauntlet that it goes to different worlds, different locations, different cities, different you know ways of playing it, you could have different features. But it the basics are similar to what Gauntlet was. Uh, before we go in more on that, Endorphin's asking the favorite game and console. I stopped gaming years ago. He might get back to into it. Uh, for me, my all-time. It's so funny because. Um, I will say the best game I've ever played, the best experience I've ever played, may or may not be my favorite game. And the reason I say that is because uh, Uncharted series has been such mm -hmm. a great thing, and Mass Effect has been such a great series for me. Mass Effect 2, Uncharted 2, great experiences. Each one has just a little bit of a flaw, especially the ending for Uncharted 2. The actual last boss fight was kind of, lame running around a tree to go ahead and win that that battle mass effect 2 for the most part great adventure absolutely just outstanding uh, for me uncharted 3 from beginning to end was a complete adventure i absolutely was thrilled to play and was the overall best experience i've ever had on a gaming platform what's yours um gosh. and actually you see the sign you actually see the standee uh, yeah. that's right behind me for uncharted 3 yeah um gosh i mean i 
I've tried really hard to be good at Rainbow Six Siege. I tried really hard to be good at it. I'm just bad at first-person shooters, but I really enjoyed that game. Is that Um, that your all-time favorite? It's not my all-time favorite. It's the one that I wanted to be my all-time favorite. I'm just not good at playing it. Um, Diablo uh, 3 is probably is probably my all-time favorite i just i i love it i'm never bored of it i'm just constantly crushing through it i can turn it on and run a couple of rips and and i'm happy you know favorite console or for you favorite playstation console oh well i'm i have you only like playstation according to you know if people listen to the show yeah uh i i spent some time with the the ps2 and the legends of dragoon uh back in the day i i will say that but uh i i have loved my ps4 uh it was the best impulse purchase when i had impulse purchase money uh <laughs> to buy it was uh, it was a good investment it's done me well it is a workhorse um, I haven't had any issues with mine. I need some wood to knock on um, because uh, now I've cursed myself. I'm gonna have to get a PS5 soon. Knocking on wood, but no, I the PS4 has been brilliant for me. I've liked it a lot, and uh, Diablo 3 probably my favorite. But it just depends on the kind of stuff that you're into, right? Absolutely. For me, yeah. I think the best console I've ever played. Even though I've said on this show, I've said the best value anybody ever had was the Xbox One S. Yeah, that was a great value at like 199 or something like that. It was actually for what it could do, play Blu-rays and do a lot of things. I thought it was just outstanding for a great mm-hmm. value. That was highly underrated at the end of that cycle. I think the Xbox Series S behind me, uh, that is around 250. That is a great value. Uh, and what it can do, uh, by the way, again, I haven't put any like really meaty games to test to see how well it does. Like when Starfield comes out later this year, right. which I'm really looking forward to. I think that that's going to be able, that's going to push and test the limits of the S may have to get me an Xbox series X instead, because it's that much more powerful PlayStation three. I had a lot of fun with it, even though at the time it came out, it was very controversial because of its high price tag, but I really enjoyed my time with it. But I'd say out of all of them, even though it mechanically wasn't the best because it had its failure issues, the Xbox 360. And the reason why I say that is because it allowed me still to play and my original Xbox and Xbox, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. excuse me, original Halo and Halo 2 and original Xbox games, but allowed me to get into a deeper world of games that you see behind me that have influenced the modern video game world. Because sure. when I was running a video game store in 2007 and 2008, especially 2007, which is considered by many the best year of video games, the titles that have come out that came out that time, Bioshock, Mass Effect, uh, you had Uncharted, you had so many different monumental game series that came out then for that platform, well, for platforms of that era. And I know the Uncharted series came out on PlayStation 3. That's why I enjoyed that. But I was playing Mass Effect on my Xbox 360. I was playing Gears of War on my Xbox 360, and that came out a year earlier. 2006 i was playing rainbow six vegas right behind me on xbox 360 dirt on xbox 360 oblivion which came out in 2006 that was on the xbox i played 100 hours plus on that to me the xbox 360 that era that console means so much because i played so many outstanding games on it yeah there was a lot of of information we just threw at endorphin Yes, Endorphin says thank you so much for that. Yeah. Uh, I, and I still don't know why Melinda has so much uh, angst over the Xbox. Again, some really great consoles have come out over the years and games that have specifically come out for. But 
And again, with the PlayStation, they've had their share of great games. As I've had a PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 over the years. In fact, I still have my Uncharted PlayStation 4 right behind me here. So, Endorphin, yeah, I ran a video game store. One of the best jobs I've ever had was uh, running a video game store in 2007, 2008. But unfortunately, uh, that part of the video game world fell to the world of GameStop as far as the competitor is concerned. Because, right. you know, at that time, GameStop ruled the world. And unfortunately, they no longer do in the age of digital. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. I will say to finish off our conversation for the last 10 minutes or so, it is Diablo 4. I mean, what are your expectations for it? You talked about Diablo 3 being one of your favorite games of all time. Yeah. Something you actually, on the drop of a hat, can go back into. Diablo 4, so far, in your stress test that you've actually been a part of, seems to be doing something that you would like to go ahead and continue on in this Diablo universe. Yeah, it's it still feels like a Diablo game, uh, which is important, you know. It's still you still get uh, you know, things that pop up on your screen when you kill 15 pots, <laughs> you know. You you still get all of that stuff. So it still feels familiar even though it's brand new. Um and I the what I love about the games is you really can just kind of plop down on your couch and you can Yep, is pop on your couch and yeah, and and you can choose to uh, jump into a rift, or you can choose to start a brand new character from level one. And either way, you're gonna have a great time. And um, you know, it, maybe it's the voice acting. I have a soft spot for Deckard Kane. I think Diablo. I yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. Uh, there's just something about the games that I really really enjoy. I I can't really put my finger on it more than that. Um, I, I love a hack and slash game, and when you get into the middle of you know 20 monsters that are piling on top of you and you're just hacking your way out of it it's just it's good i like it i i like hack and slash they're underrated i I am more of a first person shooter person but hack and slash games they're underrated i really i mean it goes back to the the arcade days with, with with several hack and slash games that were really fun at the time that i think it's a genre that is really underappreciated and i'm hoping diablo 4 if all goes well, I know it's being promoted more on the Xbox platform than it is the PlayStation platform. We talked er, you know, earlier about the Street Fighter 6 yeah. being more promoted on the PlayStation platform, even though it's coming out on an Xbox platform. I want to go ahead and say that I think that Diablo 4 could really be a big hit, uh, you know, an under-the-radar hit, but I think it still will sell. It will not sell Zelda numbers, yeah. but I think it will be, especially because it's coming out to Games Pass day one. I really, though, think it would be something that a lot of people will really play and enjoy. Yeah, I think so, too. And, uh, you know, Blue Magic, I'm right there with you. The love-hate with the shoot with shooting games. Uh, so am I. So am I. Oh, Especially God. if you're playing competitive multiplayer. Yeah, I've, I've honestly, I try so hard to be good at them. And I'm just not. I don't know if I just don't 
I haven't figured out how to dial my controller in properly or, or what the story is, but I I remember my days, that. years playing Gears of War multiplayer, Halo 2 multiplayer, and just trying to go ahead and, and see if I could rank up and I could try to where's the next match and just go into the next map. And yeah, those those days were awesome. I still again will do it. Call of Duty though, you, if you're not up on Call of Duty, if you don't continuously play Call of Duty multiplayer, you'll find yourself far behind. The exception there, I think, is probably the zombies in Call of Duty. Yeah, you, you well, that's, but that's co-op. That. That's more yeah. co-op than I anything. guess. That's, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But getting getting to, into a death match, to a regular death match, that's, mm. that's you know, like you yeah. said, you don't want to be teabagged and talk smack to you by a 13-year-old. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's not a, that's not a fun time. <laughs> no, but before we head on out, Diablo 4, your thoughts. Do you think this will be a success? Do you really think it'll be a success for Blizzard? I think so. And I think that Blizzard is counting on it. And we talked about that. You sent me an actual article or video on it, excuse me, a video on it that uh, delves in more into the recent problems that Blizzard has. All the more reason that even though you have been different on the slates, I really think that Microsoft and Xbox should buy out Blizzard just because of all the issues that have gone on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm hesitant to agree because I'm afraid that I'm going to have to buy an Xbox if I'm going to continue to play Diablo games. And that really hurts a piece of me. But So you think um, Diablo 5 will, will only be the exclusive on Xbox? Why wouldn't it be? Unless Diablo, well, through. I will tell you why. If Diablo 4 blows up, yeah, then they will probably be forced to, you know. To keep it on all platforms yeah like minecraft and, and maybe call of duty we don't know about yeah. call of duty yet 100 percent either which yeah. way i told i said on the record i would i would make it exclusive call of duty because you know uh, especially after phil spencer's comments head of xbox saying oh that we're, we're way behind in three we're not really into selling consoles well xbox uh, a call of duty exclusive would, would sell consoles but you're right. If Diablo 4 blows up, then they may be hard-pressed to go ahead and make it a single platform or Xbox and PC only. But there's a good chance Diablo 5 will be exclusive if the sale goes through. Yeah, and I I've, I've, I imagine that it will. And uh, it, by the sounds of it, if, you know, if Blizzard as a company needs it. They, they, need a, they need an amputation. And I think that putting Microsoft in the spot where they're cutting out all of that bad stuff um, is probably the correct move. One of these days, you and I got to go into a deep dive on Blizzard and, and see where it's gone wrong and ask if it gave you a fix. Regardless of the sale, regardless of the sale of where it goes through or not to Microsoft, again, yeah. let's say it doesn't go through. They start looking at a lot of problems down the road. And that's something, again, that's another half hour conversation we could have on Blizzard because there's a lot of places I would suggest that they would go. And I know you would as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that, that actually would be a really good conversation for us to have. So we should do that. We should do that indeed. Maybe we'll do that once you've had some time with Diablo 4 under your belt. And as this goes out to radio stations and podcast outlets worldwide, you know, people getting a sneak peek on YouTube and Facebook and all that, but you are playing it. You yeah. are playing it like a mad fool that you yeah. are. Yeah. First one you get into when you finally turn it on for the first time officially, what are you playing as? Ooh, do I go right to the druid or do I try to pick up where I left off with my sorcerer? Because she was really cool. She really was. But I love the I loved the oh man, I don't know. 
I'd probably go druid. I'm probably going to do a druid first. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm sticking with a necromancer. I just, again, if, when and I get it back into it, but yeah. And it's so funny because I refuse to play a druid in Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons. I will not do it. But something about them in Diablo was really exciting. So, I don't know. One, one last thing I want to hit everybody up on again before it goes off. Please, see. I mean, we, we actually, uh, before we went on the show two hours ago on the super special, uh, we talked about all the series that are being taken off the air for Disney Plus. Uh, yes. A lot of their, a lot of their recent, I don't want to say misses. Well, in case of Willow, and uh, you know, there's some others as far as that, uh, the missed, you know, National Treasure and some others that have not been very good. They're taking those off the air in some cases. So, uh, one thing that they do before we go is, is you talked about Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is now available on Paramount Plus. You know. Did you get a chance to check it out as of yet? Honor Among Thieves, it is really worth your watch. I really liked it. It's a very fun popcorn movie, as you would like to say. Yeah, so as of the when we're recording this, um, I found it on Paramount+. Plus. I put it on earlier this afternoon, and, and Robbie went to work. And I watched it up to the title screen. And then I felt really bad that I was watching the movie without Robbie. So by the time this is sent out i will have watched the whole movie but i've watched the beginning of it i liked how they uh told the backstory of how the characters landed where the where the movie picks up i liked how that was done i liked the acting that i saw i like i thought the sets looked incredible if you haven't seen the dungeons and dragons movie you should absolutely give it your time and don't worry you don't have to know a single thing about dungeons and dragons to sit exactly down and watch it. yeah you know, it's been two hours we recording this because I was going to, again, I'm doing this preparation because I'm going on vacay at some point in time soon. As you hear this, you'll be on Diablo. Yeah. I'll be on the flight back coming from vacay. So any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Enjoy your vacay, first and foremost. And just a big thank you to everybody who uh, who joined us for, you know, the mega episode today. It was really cool. Blue Magic, Condor. Lifted. Lifted's lifted. a great part of the Lakers fast break. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Endorphin. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Great crowd. Absolutely great crowd. Yeah. Truly appreciated. Condor says, both of you seem like great people. Wouldn't mind having you as my neighbors. I try to be a good neighbor. If you're cool with me. I'm going to be cool with you and I'm going to go out of my way to be cool with you as a neighbor. Yeah. Melinda. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she probably comes out there. She's got the curlers on and the yeah. bathrobes. Yeah. What are you doing? What you would hear is myself and my husband, Robbie, having passionate arguments about Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire the Masquerade. It... See, they, don't, they don't do that over bills. They don't do that over, yeah, you know, nope. why did you look at that girl? Or yeah, why nope. did you look at that guy? None or why that. is your ex-boyfriend calling, et cetera, nope. et cetera. No. What nope. do you really have arguments about? Go ahead. Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop yeah, RPG go. games. Yeah, that's yep. what we argue about. <laughs> yep. We're such and, dorks. <laughs> again, as I said on this show a long time ago, I despised. I actually tried to hide away my nerddom from most people out there that knew me back in my teenage years, in my early 20s. Never wanted to be called a dork and a nerd. Now I think it's pretty much okay. I th- yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, well, be- I'm beginning to embrace my darkness. Yeah. When, when I was 15, I was dressing up as a Klingon. So I think I've always, in- I, I've always embraced. My You're a nerd <laughs> lady. You're a nerd. <laughs> uh, oh, for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise. It's been a long day in paradise. No, I don't even feel like throwing up pop culture at this point in time. I still feel like talking more, but yeah. we're good for now. We're good okay. For now.
It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great